This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. This is Shiloh, host of Spin Control Podcast. Welcome to episode 35, Handmade Monsters. In today's episode, I've got some selfish knitting, a spinning disaster, a little story about how I'm really good at creating monsters, a recommendation for Turkish spindle help, and a lot of home DIY. But let's get this started with some updates. I realized that in last episode, I believe I failed to mention my update on the mouse invasion. So when we went to my mother's house for our Christmas holiday, I set various traps around the house for mice. Because I figured if we were gone for seven days and the place was silent and there was peanut butter all over the house, if we had mice, they would find it. But happily, when I returned, every single trap was untouched. All the peanut butter was still there, and as it turns out, I was able to catch the problem in time, and we do not have a mouse infestation, which makes me extremely, extremely excited. And I want you to know I've learned my lesson. I will not leave food products in the craft room ever again. In addition, I have a little Camp Kip update. I believe as of today, all the registrations are closed. The beds that we had available have been filled, but Jackie is building a waiting list. So if you're interested at all, it doesn't require a deposit to get on the waiting list. If you're interested, go ahead and check out the Camp Kip website and put yourself on the waiting list. In addition, if you consider yourself at all local to the St. Louis area, the Camp Kip site has day passes. And all the details about the day passes are available at the Camp Kip website as well. And I will link to all that stuff in the show notes page. The only other update that I have for you today is on our flashback sock cowl. It looks like folks have recommended that I cast on three pair of socks. One is Cookie A's monkey sock, the other is the Jaywalker, and the third was Hedera. Right now it looks like monkey socks are in the lead, and by the end of this week I will select the sock that I'm going to knit, I'm pretty sure it's going to be monkeys, figure out which yarn I'm going to use, and next week we will cast on and kick off the cow. And I wanted you to know that we're going to keep the thread running over there on the Ravelry group. And anyone who wants to participate and is knitting along with us will be entered into a drawing for some sock wonderfulness. I have not figured out what that's going to be yet. But next week I will let you know what all the parameters are for participation and to be entered into the drawing for whatever my sockety goodness is that I figure out by next week's time. So that's what I've got going on on the flashback sock cow. And that's all I've got in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I have a little story for you about handmade monsters. Apparently, I'm really good at creating monsters, and that's where the story stems from. Now, I'd like to start out by saying not all monsters are good and not all monsters are bad. This little tale has a little bit of both. Let's start with my mom. My mom, of course, is a good monster. 
I was talking to her on the phone the other day, and wow, she's totally getting into the whole fibery arts thing, more than I ever imagined that she would. She gardens quite a bit. Like, she's got, just in her, you know, main part of her yard, she's got like three different gardens, and she grows various things in this one versus that one, and plots it all out. She's got vegetables, she's got herbs, and all of this crazy stuff. So she's been reading about different kinds of fiber to spin and was going off on a tangent about all the stuff she already grows that can be turned into fiber. Like she's talking about growing her own flax so that she can process it and turn it into fiber because she thinks that would be awesome to go from seed to garment. She's a little insane, but we love her. Also, she was talking about all of the millions of things that she already grows in her gardens that can be used for natural dyeing. All this from like one spinning lesson and one little knitting reminder tutorial. I love that woman. When she starts something, she really goes like full bore into the whole thing. It's pretty hilarious. And it's fun. I might actually be able to reap some of the benefits of the things that she's growing and dyeing. And it's awesome. And she's very, very thorough when it comes to researching stuff. She was talking all about mordants and different natural dyes and the things she wants to steer clear of because of their impact on the environment. And just, it was amazing. And she's also, she got a cricket loom for my dad for Christmas. So she's definitely talking about spinning and weaving her own fiber, which is pretty cool. That is a monster that I created that is very, very much on the good side. In addition, as far as good monsters go, my neighbor, the one who got the hand-me-down socks, decided to pick up the knitting book that I bought her, that I gave her for Christmas last year, which is hilarious because she's had the thing for a year, and after she got the second pair of socks from me, she decided it was a good time to start learning how to knit. She followed the directions in the book, learned how to cast on by herself, like balling her own yarn, totally drove her crazy, which is hilarious but she could not figure out how to go back, like to start after the cast on how to do the second round. It's one little tiny step, but apparently I'm like a regional on-call knitting helper now. She showed up at the house just to get a little knitting tutorial and figure out how to do her second row. So now I'm getting text messages and stuff from my husband that say, hurry home from work. I think I dropped a stitch and need your help. The neighbors are dropping by to get knitting help. It's funny. I just think it cracks me up. But anyway, those are examples of good monsters that have been created. Now, some handmade monsters do go bad. And it's a sad, sad, horrible situation when that happens. But I've witnessed it with my own eyes. And I have to put up with it on occasion. So the other day, dear sweet husband had cast on for his third hat. And the way he cast on... When he, he knit a row and got back to the beginning and ended up with like that long strand that you sometimes get between the end and the beginning. And he wanted to make sure that he hadn't done something wrong. And he wanted to make sure that he didn't twist the stitches as he knit that first round. I checked it. I straight, he did have a twist. I straightened that out for him. And I purled like 10 stitches for him just to get him past the gap where the join is and tighten that up for him. And when he picked it back up a couple hours later, he started purling in the wrong direction. And man, was he mad. He was convinced that I had messed up his knitting when I went to fix it and just got so angry at me 
And I think he sent Jackie a message on Facebook telling her what a horrible knitter I am and how I totally jacked up his hat and not to trust me with her knitting. I don't know exactly what he said because I don't think he got a response and he didn't send it to me. But that is what it's like when a knitting monster that you create goes bad. He's much better, but it's just hilarious that he got so upset with me because I was the last one who touched his knitting when what he had actually done was picked up and purled in the wrong direction. I, being the good wife, of course, fixed it for him and got him back in the right direction, and all is well with hat number three that he is working on right now. I don't know if he's ever going to get past knitting hats, but he is certainly enjoying what he's doing now. I asked him if he wanted to do something other than like a garter stitch rim on his hat, like maybe a ribbing, but he's sticking with a garter stitch and seems to still be enjoying it. And that is all I've got in Spin a Tail. And now it's time to move on to spinning my wheels. And as it turns out, this January, like many of you out there, is kind of being devoted to some selfish crafting, mainly selfish knitting. I think I have three projects on the needles. Well, I had three projects on the needles when the month started that were just for me. Me, 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 and nobody else, which is kind of nice. Even though I didn't get stressed out about the holiday knitting, it is kind of nice to focus on me, because I love me, because I'm awesome. Anyhow, I had two pairs of socks and a cardigan. So I finished one pair of socks. That is my first pair of hand-spun socks. I knit those in a very, very, very simple twisted rib pattern. And I kind of improvised and went along as I, you know, did my own thing as I went along. But I used a pattern from, oh, I can't remember one of my spinning books as inspiration. And I will figure out what that was and link to it in the show notes. But those are done. I wore them yesterday. They fit perfect. And they are awesome. The only thing about those socks is that I spun them out of Sheepshed Studio Superwash Merino. and I'm a little nervous because I have never washed their superwash merino and I love those socks. So I'm debating on whether or not to toss them in the washing machine like I do the rest of my socks. I think I might actually knit up like a four by four inch square out of the leftover yarn, which isn't very much at all, and wash that and see what happens. That will probably make me feel a lot better about washing them like I wash everything else. So we'll have to see how that goes. Since I got those finished, I have been focusing on the cardigan. And if you recall, that is the Lion Neck Cardigan from Custom Knits, and I'm totally loving it. I actually swatched for that one, and I'm knitting it out of Cascade Eco Wool, and I am loving it. The Eco Wool has a really rustic look to it, but it is definitely softer on your hands than you would think it would be. It makes me super happy. The Cardi is gonna be awesome. When I had put it down for Christmas Conquest knitting, I think I had maybe four inches done on the yoke, and that was it. I hadn't even had the yoke finished. When I picked it back up, right now, I think I have another two inches of the body left before I transition into a three-by-one ribbing that covers like five or six inches of the bottom of the sweater before you do the lion neck. I'm excited about it. I think I'm going to love it, and it's coming along swimmingly because it's kind of one of the only things I'm working on. 
I have a pair of club socks from Rock and Sock Club from last year that I got like uh, the first half of the leg finished and need to finish those hopefully before the month of January is over. We will have to see how that goes. That's what I've got going on and I'm about to be interrupted, I think. Maybe not. In addition, I finished up the Sheepshed Studio Superwash Merino in the fall colors that I had on the wheel. That made me happy. I spun it really fine. Well, it made me happy and it made me miserable. What actually ended up happening was I had a complete spinning disaster and it broke my heart. I spun it as fine as I wanted it, which I was super stoked about. And it was a relatively evil, evil, relatively even spin and everything was going along swimmingly. And then I plied it and that seemed to be going along swimmingly as well. I Navajo plied it and I was coming up with a yarn weight that I really wanted and everything was seemingly a success. I finished plying it. I skeined it up on my Swift and everything was going perfectly until I collapsed my Swift. It's an umbrella Swift. And the minute I did that, this yarn coiled and kinked up on itself so tight that it was less than half of the size of a standard two yarn skein. I was so mortified. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? At first, I thought I had underplied the single and overplied the final yarn. But as I was thinking about it more and more, I just absolutely could not have done that. I did have a couple little problems when I was plying it where I had some weird breaks and I couldn't get it to start again. But I think what actually happened is I plied the yarn in the same direction that I spun it. What an awful mess that was. I cannot believe that I did that, but it was a horrible, awful mess. I soaked it and dried it hanging and it's definitely knittable. There are a handful of coils left, but I beat it into submission. And what a perfect skein of yarn this would have been had it not been for that. It feels soft. It looks a little kinky. I think I'll be able to knit with it, but I ended up just utterly disappointed that I did that to my poor yarn. What a disaster. Really, the minute that it kinked up like that, it looked like it looked like an Afro clown wig. It was so upsetting and so disappointing. I just could not believe that I did that. And I'm typically so very, very careful. So that disaster has passed me and I will not let that happen again. It's recoverable and I'm not out that much money because the, the Sheepshed Studio Superwash specialty dye is actually very, very affordable. And this is the second skein of yarn that I spun out of eight ounces that I purchased in that colorway. So I think I'll definitely get over it. And I'm still like searching for the perfect way to spin a sock weight yarn. And that's one of my goals. And I have plenty of superwash and blended merino in my fiber stash to get that accomplished. So I will recover, despite how painful this experience was. The only other thing I did with spinning this week is when I got done with that skein, I noticed that my poor spinning wheel was very, very wobbly and just unhappy in general. Like the little knob to adjust the attention would not hold its position and kept like unwinding and it was super wobbly. So I ended up doing a little spinning wheel tune up when I got done and got that skein off of it. And really it wasn't very hard at all. I just have like this little Leatherman tool that I keep handy and I tightened up a couple of screws and wiped it down with a nice wood finish cloth and it was pretty cool. 
Got all the dust off of it. Poor thing's been sitting in a corner for a year and I've never dusted it. I mean, I use it regularly enough, but with all the dust from the house and linty bits from the fiber, she certainly needed it. She's much happier, and so am I. That's really all I've got going on and spinning my wheels. When I get finished recording, I think I'm going to stitch out a handful of counting sheep, and I'm going to look for some yarn that I lost. I was looking through my stash on Ravelry the other day for some colonnette jitterbug that I know that I purchased. And I thought that when I called through the stash last year that I put every single skein of yarn that I had into my Ravelry stash. It's not there. I have no idea what happened, but that jitterbug is gone. I got it. I mean, I know for a fact that I purchased it. I ordered it from Jimmy Beans. It was on clearance sale because at the time, Colinette was switching the size of their skeins. I think they had increased the amount of yards and they were discontinuing that smaller size jitterbug skein. So I know I purchased it because I took it. I remember taking it to Knit Group and showing it off. So I'm going to have to dig through my stash to see if I can find that because I think it's a candidate for the flashback sock knit along. And that's really all I've got this week in spinning my wheels. And now let's turn to put my spin on it. This week I don't necessarily have a review, but what I do have for you is a resource recommendation. I think many of you know that YouTube has a million different videos on samples of how to do things that we are doing in our craft. And I want to talk about one in particular. As you may know, my mother was so kind enough to get me a little Jenkins Turkish Delight spindle that is absolutely adorable and wonderful, and I love it, and it's spinning beautifully. Now, it is a little purple heart spindle. It's 1.05 ounces, and it makes me super happy. But this isn't a but that has anything to do with the spindle. What I wanted to talk about was the fact that I really only had like a week-long experience with my friend's Turkish spindle, and I kind of faked my way through that. So when I got my own, I turned to YouTube for some information, because none of the spinning books that I owned talk specifically about starting a Turkish spindle or winding a Turkish spindle. And I was at my mom's house, so I really didn't have access to dig through my whole library. And Jenkins Woodworking has like 10 or 12 videos on YouTube specifically about using Turkish spindles. And they're really good information. It's not high production value, but it's not awful either. Wanda Jenkins' voice is very clear. Her explanations are very good. And the demonstration video focuses solely on her hands. So you can actually see exactly what she's doing. And I highly recommend it if you have any questions about how to use your Turkish spindle or if you're considering even getting one. Because it tell, they even have a video that shows Ed Jenkins tooling one of the Turkish spindles. It's really cool. Great information, and I totally love it. And it was a really good resource. I learned things like how to make a leader for a Turkish spindle. I was totally faking that. I had no idea. But it was right there on the video. How to wind it in that pretty little center pole ball like we all want to do when we have them. Fantastic. A really good resource, and I highly recommend Jenkins Woodworking's YouTube videos as an outstanding resource for anyone who has a Turkish spindle or is considering purchasing one. This week, I am all spun up about a little home 
do-it-yourself work that's been going on right here in the Joyful Girl household. My husband has taken on a huge project. He decided that during his holiday break between semesters that he was going to completely demolish and rebuild our main bathroom. As it turns out, we discovered this past year that there was a leak in the tub and the only way to figure out what was going on with it and where the leak was actually coming from was to pull the entire tub away from the wall to figure it out and to see what kind of damage there was behind it. The leak had apparently been there since before we moved in, but we didn't have any evidence of it until after we got our basement remodeled and the leak ruined a couple of our ceiling tiles in our drop ceiling. So once we figured that out, we stopped using that shower and tub and the, yay, the kids moved all their stuff into my bathroom, which totally sucks and I can't stand that. I'm a grown up. I shouldn't have to share my bathroom with my kids. Anyway, so I'm pretty stoked that I'm going to get my bathroom back and I'm pretty stoked that my husband is totally kicking that bathroom's ass. He got all the demo done in one day, ripped out the old bath. He has managed to, on his own now, rewire the lights, install an exhaust fan, which we did not have before, and install a new tub, do all the plumbing for the new, like redo all the plumbing for the tub and the shower, which is awesome. He hung drywall, and they're doing like the taping and mudding. His One of his buddies came over and helped him with the taping and mudding. So they're finishing that up, and we should be ready to paint tomorrow. And then after that, the tile goes in, and we're done. It's pretty awesome, because he really has done the entire thing himself. I helped a little, but mostly what I did was hold stuff. Babe, could you hand me that pencil? Babe, could you go find the level? Babe, could you do 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 And that really has been my only role in this entire project, which is cool. I did do a little painting of primer on the walls, but that's the only actual work I've done for the whole thing. By next weekend, we should have a fully functional, completely refinished bathroom, thanks to the joyful boy. That is what has me all spun up this week. A brand new bathroom. And now it's time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Thank you all so much for joining me again this week, and I am looking forward to a wonderful 2011 with you guys. It should be a blast. Thank you so much to everybody who has gone over to the Ravelry Boards to contribute and make your suggestions to the flashback Sock Knit Along. And by the end of next week, hopefully we have a good count of everybody who wants to participate in that so we can make sure folks get registered for the Socky Goodness drawing that I have yet to, you know, finalize. But we'll get that. It'll come. Hopefully, I continue to make some progress on my selfish knitting, and I hope you do as well. Thanks again to everybody who stopped over at iTunes to give me a review. I know I've had a few new listeners who are catching up on episodes. I really appreciate that you've taken the time to go over there and give your opinion of the podcast. I appreciate it, and I am so glad that you guys are enjoying the show. This week's song is another little tune by Black Kettle called Home Base. And as always, you can get full details on this episode and check the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl or follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. Roman coins are left on the table. Tokens from their time of gladiation.
My inbound, my home. 